0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Caffeine and Sensu Beans podcast. My name's Irvin. I'm joined by my co-host, Ariel. Other co-host is currently in the queue. He will be joining us shortly. Uh, Paul, of course. Um, but, Ariel, how are you doing?
1: How's life? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, dude. Uh, my wife and I took like a, a trip just like, uh, away from the boys. And, hmm. you know, we hadn't, we hadn't had it like a night to ourselves in like, like probably like four years. So, so it, no it was, problem. uh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to just kind of get away. We were like out there in the forest type of deal and, uh, just kind of had some time to just reflect, talk, catch up, you know, and, like, oh, not cool. really, like not really, like there wasn't, that's there wasn't even sense. a TV there, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, yeah, just the most is her. probably me watching the world cup. Um but even that is just like but even that is just like, you know, that's in the morning, so it's like yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's uh, good. It's but it was it was nice.
0: <coughs> that's one of the like uh things I think is that's very important when you have a child, especially you having multiple is How do you find time for your significant other? It's not always easy, um, especially, you know, if you have less help, but um, it is important and you have to be more deliberate, I guess, in trying to and creative also in trying to figure out when and where you can go, what you can do, because it isn't like, you know, when you guys didn't have any children I've experienced that myself, so, but that's good. That's healthy for the relationship. Very healthy. Um, speaking of the World Cup, just a two-minute discussion of the World Cup. Uh, good World big, Cup big so upset far
1: today. Big upset so today.
0: A huge upset today. Um, okay. I think it's been a pretty good World Cup so far. Uh, to be honest, like what I've seen from this these first three days, I like how Ecuador played. Uh, they looked, we were off to they, a sketchy well, start,
1: though. It was a sketchy start. The, oh the yeah, first, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first yeah. ten minutes first was a little goal. sketchy. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, a little yeah. sketchy. I was like, yeah. I'm still like, Dude, the you're, you're, hella you're hella setting the, you're setting the tone, dog. You're setting the tone for yeah. how this this.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was ready to put my money on Qatar winning the World Cup after I saw them disallow that goal. Oh yeah, for sure. I was like, Qatar's definitely, definitely winning the World Cup. Um but no, that was that was that was a fun game. Um England looked good. Uh USA's trash, dude. I was
1: that second half was bad. First nah, half was dude, pretty good though. They nah, okay here's the, the thing, 7%. here's
0: the thing. Nah, here's the thing, dude. Like we didn't wait eight years. For them to come up and draw against the Wales, whose best player is Gareth Bale, who's been ravaged by injuries and barely <laughs> plays for LAFC. If this yeah. was the Gareth Bale of 2016, where he single handedly was like, you know, he was playing for Real Madrid, he could <clears throat> contend for the Ballon de Oro, uh, he took the w- Welsh team like deep into the Euros, that's different. But to tie against the team who like barely made it to the World Cup, This isn't the barometer. Like, this doesn't scream progress when you tie 1-1 against, against, against Wales. And then I see Yedling come in and he doesn't want any part of the ball, blasting it everywhere he can.
1: (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Get get
0: this out of here. Yeah, dude. It was, it was a bad display. It was discouraging. And now I'm just like, my expectation was quarterfinals. That's good. All right. That's a, a successful World Cup quarterfinals i think now it's like <laughs> just don't finish last in the group that's that's what it's shifted to reality yeah. check that's what i would say for the u.s um
1: but you know i gotta say though i thought the in the first half they did pretty good i i think for for what it was like you know i thought i thought they had controlled the game they i would say they've controlled the game for the majority they're just not dangerous like going forward that's the problem they're just not they're just not dangerous, they don't got that, you know, and, yeah, they don't
0: have that dog up front,
1: yeah, they don't got a dog up there, and uh, yeah they 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 just don't got that, so and they're just they're also just young, they're like immature, so I'm just like you know what I'm saying, like when Tyler Adams is your captain and that's supposed to be you know cooling heads, Yeah. like you know what I'm saying like that's not it, you know, yeah,
0: no and and like I was watching Mexico today against Poland, yeah. Uh, I think Poland is a better team than Wales. Than Mexico, oh okay, uh, th- th- than Wales, and I felt got like it. Mexico has some exciting individual players, but no like cohesion, um, like as, no chemistry unit. Yeah, yeah, you know, but like, there's no one on the USA like Chucky Lozano, dude. And I know Pulisic is the closest thing, but like Chucky Lozano is electric when he's got the ball. Yeah, um, even Alexi's Vega—he looks good. Yeah, and say what you want good. about Ochoa, dude. He that's turns a, on God that's mode. That's a big game player, dude. That's a yeah. big. You need he turns like, on God
1: the, mode in the World Cup.
0: Yeah, I was seeing, I was seeing. I forget the goalie's name for the U.S. Like, get out Thank of here you know. with that, Matt Turner. Matt,
2: Matt Turner, Turner, dude. dude but the, this is all I, for USA. Doing the coach, man. He's trying to go he's like, no, I don't want these fancy European players right here. Like, blah 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 blah. Type of mentality, and I was back on him so there you go you could have had Stefan yeah sure he's had a few yeah you could have had him yeah 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 the one for Man City but you drop him just because Turner is in security dude shut the fuck up man get the, fuck out. Well, in, get the in the defense of that
1: though Stefan did get moved to the second division and he's still <laughs> not starting so That's let's be let's scene, be clear though. He's still not. He's not playing. So why would I? Why would I take a player? I mean, Matt Turner's also not playing. So that's also that. See, so.
2: this is what I'm saying, dude. Sh- training is so much better than American
1: training. We can all The a lot But Zach, like, he didn't do himself any favors. though. every time he would play for Man City, the man the, man, the man, the man was looking shaky out there. Oh,
0: but he's also. He's also There's filling in for games, Ederson. Right. He's filling in for Ederson, and Pep right. is like, "You gotta play. You gotta be able to do a beautiful it's pass like from out mm-hmm. the back." And goalies, you know, they're gonna <laughs> shit themselves if they're like playing against Liverpool and like they gotta play a beautiful pass. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So far, World Cup's been good. I've I've enjoyed it. I'm curious to see, you know, how it's gonna unfold. That Mexico Argentina game is gonna be, gonna be crazy, great.
1: dude. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Mexico has the chance to just well, can step on that neck. Wow. I don't think, I don't, they don't got it in it. They don't got them in it though. I nah, don't think I don't
0: that. know. Those games are like, it's going to be fiery. It's going to yeah. be fiery. It might be like Chile versus Mexico, or it might be like Mexico comes to play. And if they, the thing is right now, Argentina's nervous. Mexico really has nothing to lose, I think. Because they're going up against Argentina, and so um oops, so I think, like I don't know, I just think they have a chance to to do something special. I think it's you know so far it's been a like a phone world Cup. I'm excited to see where it goes. That's kind of all I wanted to say. Um, but Paul, you joined us. How are you doing, ma'am? How are you doing? Busy, busy, been
2: busy. Gonna go to Mexico this coming week. I mean, tomorrow. <laughs> Going <laughs> so where? Do- Mexico, so I've been taking care of oh, pretty much
0: everything. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, pretty
2: much doing everything myself, organizing, getting oh, a lot and wow. stress doing it, but you know, do, do what you gotta do.
0: Oh, man. Wait, <laughs> is everything planned already, though? As far as like flights and.
2: All that is already done, day okay. four. was just last week because. Paul was my passport just barely alive. So, oh. this was. Yes, was I know. Last
1: minute. Dude, it's so stressful. I remember we did the same thing. Like, we were rushing to get our baby's passport. <laughs> oh, like yeah. like a whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Got the night the first time because it had to be like a, the, a wrong no, to the wrong letter. No, it had to take the
2: wrong letter. Like a doctor, supervised sign one, but it has to be an official birth certificate. So hmm. it has yeah. Like an official birth certificate. It's true because online it says like as long as it's an official representative, blah blah blah. It is, you very
0: well done. Sounds good. When do you when do you leave? Tomorrow, Tomorrow. morning. Holy shit! Okay. That's what I asked so, for this. Yes, yeah, so, so so why don't we get into the episode? huh? Yeah. Why don't we get into Episodes. the episode? Episodes, Episodes yeah, yeah, which so. was perfect that for we pain. started doing this.
2: I know, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: It's perfect that we did this. Uh, we decided to take this process on, where we watch two episodes and we talk about two episodes. Uh, given the two Cowboy Bebop episodes that we saw, um, and for those listening, the episodes we're referring to are uh, Jupiter Jazz Part One and Part Two. Um, and let me just let me just start off with something here, dude. Let me just start off with something. Let me read something for you guys. That is the tear of a warrior, a lost soul who has finished his battle on this planet. A pitiful soul who could not find his way to the through the lofty Ah oh, fuck, I fucked up the quote. <laughs> but it was a special it felt it felt it felt deep when I when I was hearing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and uh even though that the way I I I read it out, um mm-hmm. wasn't as wasn't as impactful probably. Um it still I felt was like a a running theme throughout these two episodes because that's how the first episode, part one, that's the opening scene where we have like um I know he has a name, I forget. He's kind of like the shaman or like the chief of a tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's with his son. They call him the bull, right? Yeah, they call him something like that. Well, anyways, they see a shooting star. And his son asks him, like, what is that? And he says that that's the tear of a warrior, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then it, the part two, it ends with that exact same scene. <coughs> um. Letting us know that that was actually, that was the end of everything that had transpired. We were seeing like the, the, the end uh, first. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of like came full circle. Um, And so I thought that was kind of a running theme throughout the whole, whole story. There's a lot here. I I feel like there's a lot to unpack. So you know, I'll start with you. What'd you think about the two episodes?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, there is a lot to unpack here. I think it's, uh, like just echoing the, the shift right in the episode, like kind of distribution. We're going to do the two now. And it was a great, this is a great way to start it. You know, it's a two that are in sequence together, you know? And I think, um, these two episodes were fun. They were good. They were, uh, they definitely gave me what I wanted. So I'm a happy customer for today. Um, do you
2: think it has anything to do that it was more like an hour long versus, you know, the like 25, 30 minutes? Did that you think, question? That, that they were... Where, yeah, I'm wondering, I'm like wondering like, if Bebop or an hour at this were long, like if this would be more... if they'd be more adequate for the storytelling versus 25 I, minutes.
1: I mean, I think you're bringing up a point. I mean, I think that they're... Just because it's a longer episode doesn't doesn't always mean uh, that you're still going to get a good story. But, like, I think one of the strong suits about Bebop is that they do have 25-minute episodes. And within that, they are able to tell, you know, for the most part, a compelling story. Um, but this is what I liked about it was, I mean, something that I've been harping on in the series is that you're not giving me enough of the main storyline. And I finally got that. You know in the middle of the season and it felt like we're finally moving along so like specifically spikes character you know yeah. like we're, we're, we're finally moving that storyline like a little bit more we're starting to see who vicious is starting to see a little bit of like who he's interested in like what is kind of his motive his motivations like um and Yeah, and they played with a lot of cool things, you know? Like, they they played with a lot of cool, like, concepts in this episode, which I appreciated. It was just, like, I can only imagine this being, like... And and they know it, too. And that's one of the things, too, that I'm, like... They were lightweight, a little cocky uh, in this episode. Uh, Because, like, they kind of, to me, almost felt like they knew that they were hitting something that, like... One, was, like, taboo. And then, two, that, like, no real... No anime, probably, at the time, was tackling storytelling and in an anime story, like the way they were doing it, because, you know, in the screenshot, like in the screen time when, uh, when it's like a commercial break, they like, it said, like we're creating a new genre called cowboy bebop. Mm-hmm. So like they so, so they, they knew that they were, that they, that they were hitting something maybe in specifically, I think with this episode, these two episodes. Yeah.
0: I think this was, um, uh let's see i've watched this show now I've, i've said it maybe like five times six times around there definitely more than once obviously and i have to say like this is cowboy bebop like this this isn't Necessarily hype the way you would get hype over like a Goku transformation or something like that, right? Where like they're gonna go and they're getting strong and they're gonna battle out. And oh my god, did you see that? It's more just a beautiful package delivered in two episodes that um, gives us insight into if. The main story, let's say if, if there is one in Cowboy Bebop, but into these different characters, you know, like, um, and the way they do it, everything is like, how can I say this? I like, I don't want to overrate them, but it just feels like there are just subtle things that they do in the episode. And I, I want to get into the examples a little later, but the characters never really explicitly convey what they're thinking or like what they're feeling you have to read in between the lines sometimes to like make your own conclusions you know and i feel like um that was a lot of what we saw in this in this in this in, this, in these two episodes and there were just beautiful like beautiful elements to the, to these two episodes i mean um yeah, I, I want to get into it more, but Paul, like, I want to hear what you had to, what you think about the the two episodes. What you think?
2: Yeah, no, you see the of excited, um, but it's it's an interesting storytelling, especially for from Bayside. At one point, because I felt like. I forgot. What was, it, what was um?
0: Gren. Gren, yeah,
2: that person's name. I don't want to mess yeah. up the pronouns. Um, that was almost very. I feel like a parallel personality, or par- just a parallel to Faye, because she is somewhat me- masculine herself, but at the same time, she owns her feminine, uh,
0: feminine, feminine,
2: yeah, feminine aspects. Because she uses them as weapons, as tools for her hustle. Not really to. As me, like, this is what I have to offer. It's like a facade. Versus the other one is the facade of being a man.
0: And then the being. It was both, right? Or she, she he, she. He was a man who was imprisoned because uh, they. When he came back from war, they believed he was a spy. And while he was in prison, they used a drug to, uh, a new drug that they'd been working on to test on him. And it messed up his whole hormonal balance. And he ended up developing breasts and wider hips. Um, and, and from the reaction that Faye had when he was in the shower, it looked like he was working with right. some lumber. It <laughs> looked really, like my guy
2: was good. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> nah, but, but go ahead.
2: What, but it's, even then, it's interesting because it's still so short the Chinese, the legit Chinese. Yeah, that's right. So, right. It's a, so, it's like giving a touch of, I don't know, is it Faye's sexuality? Is it women? She's conflicted. I feel like this has a lot of dudes, uh, phasing her turmoil, figuring figuring herself out and just being projected onto others. Because this guy's pretty, he's really intimate, but at the same time, extremely nonchalant. It,
0: it, yeah, like there is something about the way he, like, operates. Um, he's got like this cool, this cool vibe. Um, and but he. He's not phased by what's going on around him, and I think it's because he knows his days are counted. Like his his days are are you know limited. Uh, he he knows he's he doesn't have much longer to live, and so he, his um his only goal now is to to find vicious. You know, um, so you you thought like um this these two episodes. Um, showed us a lot, not just into like Spike, but into Faye as well, like Faye's character and whatever she may be going well, through. Well, just
2: highlight the intertwine, right? Because it started off with um, Vicious, and then mm-hmm. Vicious and her directly when I mean, she hears his voice on the phone. So then mm-hmm. it's like it. She does care for Spike, <laughs> whether she knows it or not. And I think that's what possibly possibly maybe supposed. Yeah. Thing. And, 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 it's, and it's really nice. It's really nice.
0: So, yeah. So let me just really quick set a table. And because it is two episodes, I'm going to try to keep it concise. But basically what we have at the beginning of the episode, it just starts off like super like innocuous. You wouldn't make more of it. It's just like um, Spike, he's sweating and he's like, Dude, why is it so humid and muggy in here? And it hap- and, You know, it's because Faye left and she took the antifreeze and she took all the money. And so um, Jet wants to find her. Spike doesn't really care like whether or not they find her. Um, So Ed starts looking for Faye. Well, it turns out that Faye is on this place called Castellon. And uh, Ed finds that she's on. She's here. What Ed then says is like, oh, he sees the name Julia. That triggers that triggers Spike, of course, because that's. His lo- the his lover's name and so he takes off he jets no pun intended to go find Julia um and then in doing so this is where like all the characters start to intertwine right like he uh, jet kind of follows to go find um Faye spike goes to look for Julia um vicious is on his way to Castellon because he's gonna he's got a deal to make for red eye with gren he doesn't know it's gren though uh gren is on castellan all right so like this is where the the stories start to like or the characters start to intertwine um and so now we have Faye on her own journey spike on his own journey jet just trying to keep it together uh and you know then and then we get like gren we get uh we get vicious lynn who who joins who joins vicious on the mission to to do the exchange um and that's where the, the story kind of takes place you know like we we're, we're on Castellon now and everyone's kind of doing their own thing and uh i guess idea what do you think about like the whole like what paul brought up the fact that Faye is also i'd say a centerpiece of these two episodes
1: yeah i mean i think um i mean again i think she's like kind of like the catalyst of the of the episode really you know she's really the one that kind of sparks up this uh this movement in the ship you know and i think like for for different reasons you know and i think that that's the power that i think she has and I, uh, and I appreciate that. And I actually really appreciate this, uh, this concept that Paul's bringing in about the juxtaposition of, of Gren and her and the similarities in it. And they're both just really trying to survive. That's the way I interpret it. And yeah, I interpret Gren as like a broken character. I mean, that's the way, that's the way I take it as, like, I, I I see them as, uh,
0: No kidding. I mean, he feels like he was betrayed by the person he admired who was Vicious. Um, Because he feels like Vicious was one who outed him out as a spy. Um, Yeah. Probably crushed him. And it, you know, changed his life dramatically.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, Faye is meeting this person that is very similar to her. And. You know, I think that she, I mean, it's, there's like a weird part in the episode, you know, like where they're like, where she shoots at, at them Mm -hmm. Um, and then they don't really show us like what happens after that. Like it's, I don't know. It almost felt like she, they got angry. She got angry at, at it. Like, I don't know if it was just too much of a reflection of her or I don't know, but it almost felt like she got angry with them for, yeah, with Gren. Uh, for whatever reason it was, like I don't know, but I looked at that as like Faye being angry with herself. I agree. Not, no, not, anyway. not so much. Not so much with Gren because Gren, I think, is just kind of a visual representation of like I don't want to say a facade because I don't think it's a facade. I think like to, to to your point, Paul, of trying to figure herself out. I think Gren has figured who they are, and they're and they're realizing that, like, yeah, this is my life, and I am making it work. But, like, my point here is to confront Vicious. And that's going to be it. And I know that that's where it's at. Faye, I don't think, has that yet. No, well, yeah, she's, she's she's trying to figure out her, her inner demons.
2: She's trying to figure out what's wrong, why she I, gets upset, why she's. Because honestly, who cares? I mean,
0: it's completely well, strange. I think right? this person's a complete stranger.
2: So, why here, do you here, here's, this person?
0: Well, here's what I think it is I think for the first time, uh, and I'm not on some like Disney Channel bullshit right now. <laughs> I mean, for the first time, I think Faye is starting to realize that she may care for Spike more than like on just even a platonic level. You know, um, uh, not saying like she's in love with him and she's head over heels for him, but uh, there's something Gren tells Faye when they're having a conversation because Faye, she's. Uh, one, she's drinking her sorrows away at a bar, right? That's where she meets Gren. They go back to her, like his place, and then they're just there. And she tells Gren, um, "It's better to be alone than to be with anyone else." Like she really tries to convey to him that solitude is just better. And and I don't even think she believes that. And Gren tells her, "You say that because." Um, or you were, you left them because you were afraid, uh, you were getting too close to them, whoever they may be. And, um, and she kind of, you know, brushes it off. But as the show goes on, like we see that as soon as she hears Gren talking about Vicious, it triggers something in her. She knows that, you know, Vicious is someone that, wants to kill Spike. And then she just asks, like, so who is this at the end of the episode, you know, once things have been, well, we can say resolved to a degree, I put that in air quotes. She asks, um, you know, who is Julia? We see subtle hints of like her her now being curious of like who is this person that has Spike so obsessed over her. Um and then even when she's talking with Ed at the end... And well, she's...
2: I mean, let, let me Let me interject on that one. But, I mean, it's... That's where it gets a little bit conflicted. But at the same time, not really. Because, I mean... It's a love triangle thing going on. Or something. Because felt like you said, Grenfell in love with the tune, Julia. The music. So it's very interesting, you know. That represents Julia yeah. in a way, right? Yeah. And, that, and Grenfell represents was la otra, the other one, the other woman This like, the side woman, her. but she, like you said, she's going to be the platonic lover, if anything.
0: Julia. Like, no. Oh, hey. oh okay. Right, right, maybe right. This the is one where that... she's
2: so, maybe that's why she's so upset, but, Oh yeah. yeah, it's interesting what it's leading up to. Like, she's, Becoming invested emotionally, but also physically. So, does that mean that they're going to be in? Is she going to be involved in the education in the future? What do you think about that? Do you, do you think she's in a defense fight, or is she just going to run away again? All this coming back to: Do we? Are going to run away from our problems, or do we face them? I think this is what uh, Bebop is already touching.
1: I mean, yeah, I I, 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 I mean, I will say that, like. It's interesting that y'all are saying that because I didn't get that at all. I, I didn't get that Faye's interested in Spike at all. Like, there, I, I, I don't see that. I mean, I mean, now it just seems like, well, I, I mean, I can see it, like, as, like, the way the show is packaged, that they would, would end up together. Uh, but, like, as of right now, as somebody that's just seen it for the first time, I don't get that at all. Like, I don't think that she's... A rebelling for Spike or whatever it <laughs> may be like, but that's what I'm saying. Like platonically,
2: I don't think they will end up together. But I think she's in love with him, or she has feelings for him, something of sorts. Because she she wants to be invested. She wants to know who Julia is, and it, it's pretty much changed her course. Like this episode kind of changed her course of like where she was heading and going or trying to go. Now she has like a trajectory. that says, "Like who is Julia?"
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if that would necessarily mean like, I mean, if, if I'm her and I'm starting to feel like, oh yeah, this potentially is like my friend, I would want to know who Julie is. Not necessarily for a romantic reason, but just as a somebody that I'm creating a a relationship with. And I think like it's a non-traditional relationship. And I think that that is what, I do appreciate about it is that it is kind of messing that up. And even in the way that they present Gren is uh, it kind of non-binary really. So like, I would say that like that I think like the relationship with, with spike is also non-binary. Like, it's not like they're going to love each other as a romantic, like, they, yeah. They, like, you know what I'm saying? They like, almost it, like, can't
0: even if they did love each other, I think. um,
1: Yeah. Like, I don't even see like that, like, even as they're like relationship. So it's interesting that it that it could be framed in this way where she's like, Oh, she's having feelings for him. And he's just like, not even paying attention to that because he's so obsessed with Julia. I see it more as like, she is afraid, but like, I think she's just afraid of like the concept of being like in a family, Mm. not so much like, but actually belonging to something. Belonging to the crew, belonging to the team. Not so much Spike. To me, Spike is a fucking afterthought. Who cares? He's so deep into his own bullshit that he doesn't even care about me. But like I know Jets be I know Jets looking for me. I know Edward still cares about me. You know what I'm saying? And like so I'm I'm making that choice to leave. For what? You know what I'm saying? Like th- that's just the way I that's the way I'm interpreting that.
0: Yeah, and maybe it upsets her. I mean, Obviously, we're just trying to infer here. So we don't necessarily know. And Julia and Spike, they're not, hmm. like, they would never say it, I think, even if they did have, especially, this this looks more like a one-way thing if it were to be, where um, Faye maybe, you know, say in my hypothetical scenario, if she did have feelings for Spike, she wouldn't say it you know she that would be something she would take to her grave she's too prideful um spike is spike is spike is very <laughs> he would never prideful. he would
1: never just admit like yeah i, I care about you
0: <laughs> yeah no that's true but, but uh,
2: like, you, before that but like you guys were saying remember like uh there was a part in the part two where jet questioned there it, is it's like why did you break the deep up the matter two ships
0: yeah be-bop, she be- does
2: do these things like where like is she doing it does she even know what she's doing? Like is she actually consciously aware of what she's doing? Or is she just you know I know it sounds kinda of stupid, but it's like, you know, if he doesn't call me, he doesn't let me type of deal.
1: It's kinda of like self sabotage yeah, though. Way. You know, like that's the way I look at it. Just because she
2: made the ships accessible.
1: Like if she really didn't want to be followed, why would she leave these two ships where they can catch
0: up to easily? Because she, she wants ruined be the follow. Bebop one. Uh, and, now, and, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, she ruined the beat up and not the two personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, I mean... She could have. It, to, yeah, to me, it's like Faye trying to figure herself out as much as Spike. Like, we know Spike, of course. There's nothing subliminal about it. He's obsessed with Julia. And any hint he gets of Julia, he's going after it. Why? Because he is stuck in the past. Like, that's... he. He's... He has...
2: No, yeah, that's it. I mean, he's just. He has no something. idea we where see, to go. See that, scene. Like, that, that one scene right there where he's just laying down the ground. Yeah. You know, that's pretty morbid. It's like, yeah, let really me just remember my near death experience.
0: That's a little bit of Julia. So I'm going this. And he's willing to. Like. Vicious was his partner. It was also someone that Julia was romantically involved with. Um, Spike is so obsessed that that doesn't bother him you know he just wants her and she you know let's say maybe doesn't want him as bad as he wants her because as far as we know he's he's looking for her she isn't right and so but that's the only thing that keeps Spike going. You know, cause I think had it not been for Julia, he would have been out of here a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. Um, and
1: it's, it's nice, And it's nice to get that character like motivation, though. Like, I think that, that that's what I appreciate about it. Because it's like, finally, there's some clarity as to like what the hell is driving you a little bit
0: yeah and and it's he does it to a fault though that's my thing. It's like he's such a broken character, you know, like there are people who care for him um that are around him, whether we argue like Faye has any type of actual romantic feelings or it's simply platonic like she just cares for him like a friend. I believe we could all say she does care for him um jet for sure cares for him ed is is so innocent you know so it's like the child of a family um children they they love almost unconditionally um and there's this scene where uh uh at the end you know where spike comes back to the ship and and they're playing a beautiful track too i love the track that they're playing to close out the the episode um had like that very like indigenous beat like sound to it Mm -hmm. um and you know he's coming in almost like a with a almost like a dog with its tail between its legs failed on his mission of finding julia actually made a fool of himself because all it was was a code name julia was never there and he comes back looking almost. With like the face of a loser. You know. Um, not saying that he is. But I'm just saying that's what he looks like. His his face is out of defeat. And. Um, as he's coming back in his ship. To board the bebop. <coughs> Jet asks him like. Uh, what are you bringing in? And. And Spike says. Nothing. Nothing at all. And. You know, you could just tell in that moment, like, uh, you know, he feels empty, um, you know, because I thought that was symbolic for many things. One, he's not bringing in anything because he didn't catch uh, Gren, who had a huge bounty um, that they could turn in for money. Um, he's not, he didn't catch Julia, obviously. Uh, he's got nothing of tangible worth and he's coming in uh soulless almost you know but, but Jet still brings him in you know cuz that's his guy and that's what you do for your for your folks you know um you 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 bring him in and so um yeah i thought it was a that that scene right there with the music playing in the background and then it segues into you know we get like uh faye with ed and they're kind of talking fed's doing her nails uh ed's doing her nails um and then it segues into um i think the bull with his son Mm -hmm. and and it ends with that that quote right and i think it makes a specific reference to gren who who died um that's at least what i thought made a reference to gren but it could mean it could be directed at at spike you know it could be directed at Faye. um that quote that's what i liked about it like uh you and you know it's your interpretation and um you know i don't know if you guys found that like that final scene as as impactful or as powerful as i did i just thought it was a nice nice way to wrap it up
1: mm-hmm Yeah I mean it, you know it they they the music was really tight in this they uh I think that the way they wrap it up is is also really poetic I think the you know they they, they play with a lot of, they play with a lot of stuff in this in these two episodes which is really nice you know and I think like um I think the music was like really important in this episode and I didn't really think about something that just backtrack a little bit about something that Paul said about Julia being a representation of like the music. Um, and that Grant is a jazz player, you know, and being a jazz musician, there's a lot of, I mean, when you think about all the greats of jazz, you know, composers, like one of my favorites is John Coltrane. And like, just how I mean, you know, drug addictions and, like, just, like, so much pain that goes into that music. And, you know, I think about Grant and then maybe what Julia represents, especially as the music, especially really sad music. And Spike, I mean, Spike's not going to realize that people around him care about him until he's ready to see it. That's really what it is. And I think, like, here you get Faye starting to see that they're like, oh, there's people that care about me. Spike's not there yet. He's not He's not getting that rupture yet. Faye seems like she's about to get that rupture. That's a
0: good point. I think one of the interesting tidbits here is that they talk about Spike's two eyes. And um, how one of them is constantly looking into the past. And it's just like that damn notion of being stuck in the past that, you know, can destroy so many people. Um it's Spike is a manifestation of that. You know, he's uh Faye is much more introspective and we can see her kind of I'm not saying that Spike isn't, but at least we see Faye reflecting on things and trying to deal with certain emotions spike just tucks them away you know and and maybe that's just a representation of how people are you know where there are burdens that you have to carry you deal with it um and spike is 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 doing that you know um so yeah no and and that was a great reference to that paul made as far as like julia being more than simply a person. I mean, she was anything but a person in this, in these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, it was like Julia was so impactful, right? Because it drove yeah. so many different, uh, like storylines in the, in the episodes. Paul, you were gonna say something. No, 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 no. Just
2: pretty much agree with
0: So, we get Vicious also, right? This is maybe his second or third appearance in the entire show. Correct. Now, he is the foil to Spike. Um, Obviously, we see Spike is motivated by, one, Julia. But then, Vicious is a close second. Because when he's confused, right? Because he shows up to Castellan. He approaches... Uh, this shady dude on the street and he asks him if he knows about gren uh so when he asks if he knows about gren and you know that there's going to be a deal done between gren and vicious for red eye this dude immediately assumes that spike is vicious and so he he ends up calling him that Uh, Mm -hmm. and and that triggers him like a, a very passionate primal response that spike has to that um to 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 being called vicious and so uh we get vicious again he's he is so ruthless like he's so cold-blooded i mean even when lynn takes a a bullet for for him Mm -hmm. and and you know we see vicious just leave him on the ground dead right? right and spike he he looks and he said he turns to him and he says like this dude just took a bullet for you you're not gonna try and help him he said he was just protecting the mission make like no make no mistake about it (laughs) you know a complete opposite to when like spike sees gren uh suffering uh, on the floor Mm -hmm. um, and goes to gren and asks gren like uh, you know he tries to call an ambulance or, or the paramedics um and gren doesn't want that you know um they just the complete opposite right so uh vicious another uh i wouldn't say as prominent as as spike doesn't get as much screen time maybe as spike or Faye or even gren but um you know one of the other kind of main or uh, staples of these two episodes what you guys think about uh vicious
1: uh well this is the first time i'm seeing vicious uh, i mean you know i think that like guy's the antagonist well at least i think that he's an antagonist um your second like you said second kind of showing and you know i gotta say i think he hit it out of the ballpark or at least to me like I, I i just like somebody to just like fucking reflect something back you know like and and it's uh it was good. I hadn't even thought about that, of the distinctions that, that he makes, you know, when the two people are dying and uh, what they both do. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's interesting because on one hand, you have Gren, who also has a beef to pick with, with Vicious. Mm-hmm. And one could say that he's also living in the past. Right. Uh, trying to get, like, vengeance or revenge, you know, on... Or at least a confrontation about like, hey, dude, why'd you do this? Why'd closure. You throw- yeah, closure, right? Like, why, why, why'd you throw me under the bus? Um, and on the other end, you get Spike, who, even though there's animosity towards Vicious, we've I've yet to hear anything out of Spike that actually describes like what the beef actually is, other than maybe that he was with Julia maybe <laughs> i don't know and then you know what i'm saying like so it, it it's a good i think it's also like grin is a tight character because they're so like they just fit into like so many different like like they're just a reflection of so many like both spike and Faye to me you know on one end you have grin that actually does what spike actually should be doing which is confronting vicious and actually having this like fight with him, you know? And, uh, and he actually has the courage to do it. And, you know, it ends up with his life kind of, you know, dying, but at least he knows what the fuck it was about. He got, he got to that point point. he was like, I know this is what I need to do. Uh, spike on the other hand is, is still not, um, still not there yet. So it, yeah, v- vicious seems like an interesting character. He does seem cold. He does seem vicious. Super. Yeah. To, to his name, you know, his name seems fitting. And uh, I mean, he doesn't talk much, which is another, which is another. He's got that John Wick going on. He's the John Wick. He's a, he has the, you know, he, he did a man of few words, but the things that he does say are, you know, something to think about. The line that sticks he, out to me was uh, uh, in this world, what, that about like, yeah, he was just completing the mission, which I thought was kind of funny. And then the other line that stuck out to me was like, uh, in this world, there's nothing to believe in. So mm. it almost feels like a man without uh without any real attachment to this world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean he, he No, I mean I I get exactly
0: where you're going like the dude represents this like savagery but then he's still this composed being at least mm. that's how I how I view him and he's so detached. So, so <laughs> Almost like a sociopath, but to the most extreme level, you know, yeah. like literally the dude. And I think he's the opposite of Spike in that Vicious is carrying out missions without the burdens of his past or the suffering that he's experienced, which ha- right? we haven't really been explained, not <laughs> affecting him. Like he does. He simply doesn't care. He moves on. Spike doesn't have that. Spike's I, eaten by his past. Um, uh, I don't
2: know. But think, think about it. Like, can you really say I'm Vicious? Uh, in this episode as well, I learned that he was actually in war.
0: He was in war. That was was. Ser- I think he suffered with severe PTSD, you know?
2: He hasn't left the war. Like you said, he's completing the mission. Mm-hmm. He's, I he's, think he hasn't... He's suffered. Because in the the visions of the past, he did have, like, more... There was more tenderness between them. There was a a camaraderie. When he was with Gren in the... Yeah, when when he decided to show a piece of Julia, that was something very intimate, personal. That's true. And he's like, hey, can I play this? He's
0: like, yeah, keep it.
2: He has different eyes. He has different eyes in the past than he does now.
0: He does. I mean, he—he he is someone. If you guys have watched, uh, I don't know. This is a weird like comparison. I've this
2: before. I don't even know why he was in Titan at war because his family was rich and powerful mafia to begin with. So that, that yeah, I don't know doesn't make sense. That, that, that doesn't make sense because he is wealthy. Hmm. So I don't know. Maybe he is a sociopath, I guess. they I mean, go back to being killed, but, like Did he just want to go out there and kill people and have an excuse? Is
1: he just living PTSD? It's all revolving him, kind of just being a little bit of a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> at the I core mean, of it is that. <laughs> yeah, at the core of it, he's a, he, he, he may yeah, just yeah. be a
0: sociopath, and 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 maybe that's as simple as it is. But um,
1: that's an interesting point guy, about the PTSD. I hadn't I didn't thought about that. Like uh, he's
0: still in war, right, in his mind. Yeah, like um, that. Like
1: the language is interesting. And even in that line that I mean that I just shared, like there's nothing in this world like to believe yeah. in. Like it makes me think about war and sometimes how like politicized it can be, and how like the message can get really misconstrued about like, wh- about yeah about it's why you're in, about why you're in war to begin with. Yeah, you maybe know, he
0: felt like uh, just a pawn, and now he's he no longer cares to attach himself to anything, believe in anyone or anything. And, um, you know,
1: it's, which is interesting because now, now, now I'm, now I'm curious about who this Julia person is. It's like, how how are you, Who are, how are you? How'd you meet these two dudes that, yeah <laughs> like you know what I'm saying like how could you even have a relationship she's got with Anita or these the two?
0: or maybe it was because of her maybe they both lost her and and it's it's taking tolls on both of them differently oh, Jesus I mean Christ. I, I mean, feel I mean, bad for my boy right? yeah <laughs> I feel bad for my boy Spike cuz every time he has flashbacks about her he has to like envision her in bed with they show that like scene where she's in bed with vicious and I'm like really dude you gotta always think about that. Like, <laughs> there's no can't. other memory that you can no. think about. <laughs> there's no nothing else happened.
1: Uh Like, it's not them like drinking coffee at like a, yeah, at exactly. a table like or on something. a date. Okay, yeah. but no, it's
0: it's her naked in the bed with vicious and <laughs> and you know yeah, um, that's funny. And vicious, he also looks like you know he may be doing all right. <laughs> in all all departments like you don't get a name like that and have that savagery uh that physical savagery without it being consistent right so um you know but as far as like his his character he just um there's a composure that he has that that like it's it's like a yin and a yang to um to spike where where spike loses it every time julia's brought up vicious doesn't Vicious is so like cool, like cold. You know, he's so unfazed, and he's just it, the opposite of Spike.
1: Is he a bounty hunter too? What? What, he's the who, what does he do? Oh, he's, a, he's in the mafia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. He's
0: in the mafia. And so okay. if you remember his initial entrance to the show, oh, yeah. Was when uh-huh. he killed the leader of the mafia got because it. that le- his leader was going to make a peace treaty with the rival gang. And he was like, yeah, yeah. Good idea. Slice. Yeah. Got like it, got it, chopped got him it. up. He chopped all the boys up and then finished them. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, Paul, did you want to say anything else ambitious? vicious? okay cuz then we get my guy jet and my guy jet definitely at this point is the dad of the the coach he's the dad the grandfather of the the crew he's trying to keep it together yeah. and um he wants some semblance of a of a family of a group of a brother and like brotherhood of like you know what we all kind of yearn for in a way is like having that companionship and having that nucleus um and and he wants to keep it together, but it just always falls apart at the seams. Like, uh, he, he, you gotta feel, in a way, bad for him because he's he's a little blind optimist. Maybe he's not even a blind optimist, but he just he just wants it to work. And and these folks aren't your conventional folks, you know. Um, he's gonna
1: be messy. It is. It'll be messy. Um, I mean, but that you know, it could be argued that that's where real love is at. You know, is that it's, it's messy. It's not supposed to be clear.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So, anything like about Spike that you were like, I, he got the least screen time out of the the three. Um, jet. But, well, and Ed, uh, Jet. My bad, Jet. Mm-hmm. Um, along with Ed, also obviously, but uh, I don't know if Jets. You know, kind of. Stood out or right? I know he didn't stand Out but he was <laughs> in here
1: <laughs> He was in here he had his little hat on Uh yeah He uh I, I liked it Cause he was kind of like on a he had his own little Like adventure you know He had his own he had his own like lane In this episode and that was Nice that was nice to to see cause He he was like on a On a mission to get Faye back And mm-hmm. I mean, I think a part of it was in like with the on the surface level to get the money back, but I think on another end I think he just really cares about her. So I think like I think he just really wanted to make sure that she was safe. At least that's the way I interpreted it. And it also kind of shows that he's kind of like that old dad that just kind of always a step behind. You know. Yeah. He just yeah. consistently he's always... a step behind. Yeah.
0: He, yeah. he yeah, to the point where he resigned himself and he went into like back to the ship um, yeah
1: yeah well he's just like hey spike so look dude so this is so the deal here yeah this is the deal here dude so we so we got this guy that uh yeah. is, is, he goes by grand now you know and it's like oh we already you know, know what's everything.
0: crazy you know what's crazy it, yeah he says that of like dude we already know this. we know, you know everything
1: we already know dude
0: <laughs> what's crazy is that like he you know and bless his soul but like he has the audacity jet to say if you catch him, I'll let you back on the ship. Yeah, and exactly. So like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. I ran away. <laughs> like I wasn't begging you. I told you I'm leaving. That's the piccolo vibe, son. <laughs> That's the way. Is it piccolo vibe, son? It is.
1: That's what I was gonna say. He gives me piccolo vibe. Can you? When he
2: freaking kidnaps his daughter, essentially, he's like, ah.
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: "Maybe
1: to get a little bit stronger." Exactly. <laughs> this is, this is gonna be the catalyst. Wait
0: the way I interpreted that is like not as piccolo or maybe I'm not seeing the connection, but as like someone who like in his head, he has this vision of their family. He's kind of like the dad or the older brother and he wants spike to want to come back. But spike in a way, maybe doesn't have plans of coming back. Um, And, and, you know, uh, just him saying, like, you know, oh, 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 it's fine. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you come back if you if you catch Gren. And you know, this is like, I don't know what what kind of analogy I could make, but it, um, it's kind of like when you have no leverage and you try to dictate the the deal. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, bro, like, what are you saying? You know, dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you, you know, saying? So, dude? <laughs> yeah. And Every, so, everyone
1: at the table is looking at you like. No. Yeah, bro. But it's that, like, that like, hand away. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, giving him
2: the Michael Scott position. He's the exactly, the Michaels.
1: Exactly, you know. The yes, of this, yes, this yes. yes. Like, he thinks, like he thinks, like he thinks he's like. in charge. You know, he thinks he's in charge. Yeah, yeah. I'm the best uh, man in my That's right. <laughs> but he, you know, he's setting up the diversity trainings. You know, he's the one. all you know, trying to yeah. coach everybody and. Little does he know that everybody already knows.
0: Yeah. yeah, and he's not as in control as he thinks he is. Yeah, um,
1: but but I like that character. I, I like that. I like that character. Like development for him. Like it's not so like it's not it. It's not so much invested. You know, it's kind of like a light role. He's still likable. You know what I'm saying? Like. To me, like, he's still a likable character. He's still a necessary character. Like, it's not to the point where it's going to be, like, you're turning into, like, actually Piccolo, you know? like (laughs) Where you're irrelevant, you know? Like, you're just, like, you're just in the ship. Yeah, I mean... You don't even get the call to go out there.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, like, exactly. This would be exact... That interaction between Spike and and uh, jet when he was like i'll let you back in the ship if you catch a grin," is like if piccolo was, you know told goku and vegeta like yeah, all
1: yeah. right
0: i'll join you guys on the mission <laughs> if you guys just dis- and piccolo and goku like bro we would rather you stay <laughs> and like, if you guys do this i'll join you on the mission yeah, and, like, exactly. you weren't gonna you weren't invited bro like yeah you, you didn't make the cut um that's hilarious yeah. Uh, but, you know, I feel, I just feel like Jets, he's done suffering, dude. Like, he, he, you know, he lost a significant other to, like, a young stud. Um, he lost his arm. He's tried to live his life the right way. Like, um, even when he, when he was in the force, you know, he tried to, to do things by the book and he saw how, like, uh, you know, some people were shady there and, and it's just, he's a principled man. And I think he's just sick of like trying to live life by the book and it kicking his ass. And now he's just trying to keep whatever little semblance of family he has together, even if it is like not the most functional. Um, and in a way I, I can <laughs> gonna I understand work. that. And you're going to yeah, like he's it just in denial. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like it, exactly. Um, what gets me is when he's, Oh, and you know what? There's a, there's a thing though. He, that he says, when him and Spike are giving getting into that argument, um, and he says, as Spike's leaving, he says, "Spike, I don't understand you." And then Spike says, "Me neither." You know, um, Spike is just a character that
1: Spike's kind of lightweight annoying. That, that's that's to me though. I kind of find him annoying. Well,
0: I could understand that. I mean, it's like, dude, get get your act together. Like you got, you got, you know, but these are the people that are the most broken, like they, which is why they're in the episode, you know, Ed is the one who's looks like is unfazed by anything, always happy and takes things on the chin where like Spike is more just super, just super broken. Um, But Yeah. That's it for the episode. I mean it ends with Spike coming. Paul, you're gonna say something.
2: <laughs> it's like um He's broken, but he he does have the cool demeanor for the most part. He's only only two things that are personal that they become evident that he's
0: broken. Yeah, it's uh Jet, Julia and jet's Vicious. Jets evolving. Yeah
2: Jets evolving into a new
0: person. He's he's supposed that Would that you say the same fast. about Faye?
2: Faye feels, Faye's, everyone's evolving right now. I think You think Spike is evolving? His just started. I think that's the whole point of Spike coming back. It's like a forced. Uh, it's the forced progression of the story. Maybe like he wasn't. Like he has it wasn't to.
0: Like,
2: he wasn't looking for it. Literally. Right. And it's kind of just kind of like boom his face and whether yeah Jed and Faye Ed, and all them, Alden whether they like it or not they all evolve. they're all into the web, and they're all playing their part as well
0: yeah yeah anyways um it is very like Cowboy Bebop is just so character focused and they really try to flesh out characters so that they have multiple layers. And you can start trying to dissect their emotions. Um, and so, you know, we watched these two episodes. I thought they were really good. I thought it was, you know, like I said earlier, it wasn't necessarily anything super hype where I had adrenaline pumping through my through my veins, if adrenaline pumps through your veins, um, but it was just me sitting back and soaking in the different components of these two episodes. Whether it was the animation, the music—I thought the music, Adiel said it earlier, was very was very important to the the uh, the two episodes. I thought, you know. Uh, the bull and his son, I, you know, they'll 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 come back. They'll make an appearance. They, they their narration is important to the story. Like it just gives a little, gives a, a little bit more meaning to what happens in the story. Um, and then yeah, just we saw some characters and and some of their inner demons and stuff like that that they're battling. So, you know, all that to say that the next two episodes are going to be something like Toys in the Attic. Mm. Where it's like, you know, I like can something went something spoiled in the fridge, and it's got it's taken taken out the crew. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it, boys. Unless you guys had anything else to say, I think we kind of covered everything. Got it? Yeah, we're yes. good. I think we're good. All right. Well, um, with that, we will conclude. Uh, We will go through the shows a lot faster now. So I'm looking forward to finishing Cowboy Bebop up um, and also Ranking of Kings. So that should be fun. I actually started watching the two episodes because now I'm caught up to where I was Mm -hmm. um, with Ranking of Kings. So uh, now I'm going into Uncharted Territories. Well, after our next episode, (laughs) I'll be heading into Uncharted Territories. So we shall see how that story develops. Um, but all right, boys, um, we will sign out to everyone. Thank you very much. Um, if you're in the U.S. and you celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, if not, we will catch you uh, next week. Paul, safe travels. He, is, uh, he will be uh, going on a well-deserved vacation um, with his family. So enjoy that. And, um, we will, yes, we will catch up next week. So guys, uh, if we have nothing else, we will sign out.